2: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
3: What is up Straight Fire fam? It's me Jason McIntyre Straight Fire for Tuesday, December 19th and wow! Woo! The football, the football was crazy last night. The Philadelphia Eagles nearly lead wire to wire and then come up on the losing end in one of the most incredible final two minutes that I've seen this season. And there's been wacky football all around the league. But I did not have Drew Locke going 92 yards in a two-minute drill for the go-ahead touchdown against the defending NFC champs. And the second-order effects of the Eagles' loss are enormous. And I would say, uh, listen... You never never want to go overboard because you never know what can happen. But the San Francisco 49ers are the biggest winners. Bigger than Seattle, which obviously it helps their playoff uh, ramifications. Cowboys are big winners because they're now back in the mix to win the NFC East. But the biggest winners by a mile are the San Francisco 49ers, the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They now have inside track on home field advantage. Three games left. Yes, they play Baltimore on Monday night in what I think is a dangerous spot, and I would probably lean Ravens. I'm going to wait for a six if I'll get one. Um, But you've got to assume, even if the Niners lose, because they beat the Cowboys and Eagles head-to-head, if they're tied, they get the number one seed. So maybe Detroit sneaks in there. I don't personally see that. But right now, things look great for the Niners, and boy, we are way beyond the panic button pushed in Philadelphia as the defense chiefly Holy hell, James Bradbury. Listen, there's a lot of people in the sports world waking up this morning who might have gone to bed early, you know, wrapping Christmas gifts, thinking the Eagles have this locked up, and they're going to wake up and see this and be like, what the? What? Before the final drive, Seattle had 205 yards of total offense. I couldn't move the football. It's terrible. Maybe Matt Patricia was working. And then when it mattered most, Drew Locke, the immortal Drew Locke, Missouri's finest. I don't know if he's better than Chase Daniel, but he Drew Locke had a good college career. Goes 92 yards, but here's the worst part, and Philadelphia fans got to be super pissed at this. So James Bradbury was one of the best corners in the league last year. Now, it helps to be an awesome corner when your pass rush is incredible. And the, if you guys remember, the Eagles last year, their front seven was just overwhelming, folks. And they set an NFL record for that sacks. I think they had like 70 something. The Eagles' defensive front was so overwhelming that the secondary was awesome. And the secondary, uh, you know, only got lit up basically by Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but everybody, uh, Patrick Mahomes is, that's what he does. So James Bradbury comes back, and after what was, uh, I I don't know if, I'm I'm not going to go spectacular year last year, but according to Pro Football Focus, he graded out as the 27th best corner in the league. Like, listen, everybody starts two corners, 27 out of 118. Dude, that's upper echelon. Bradbury has regressed massively this year. Now, cornerbacks we know at 30 tend to hit a wall. Bradbury turned 30 back in August. He now is graded out as the 88th best cornerback in the league. And, folks, that final drive is like a nightmare for Bradbury. Listen, obviously you love when I reference my men's basketball leagues. There have been games where I know I didn't play well. And I'm never going to blame myself for the loss because, like, listen, I'm not one of the stars on the team. I surrounded the team with awesome players. But, like, anytime I have, like, a rough night, I'm not even kidding, men's basketball league, that shit eats me up. I'm not even kidding. You know, I'm competitive. It hurts, and I'm I'm wounded. I'm like, damn, I let my team down. That was terrible. Okay, magnify that by you're a quarterback on an NFL team that gives up four catches on the final drive. DK Metcalf for the first three, and then JSN on the touchdown pass, which was <laughs> Drew Locke is just dealing. Like, the best drive of his career by a mile. And Bradbury gets cooked on all of them. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, at what point, like, they sent safety help on the, the deep pass to DK. I think it was third and ten. And Drew Locke just chucked it up. I'm like, oh, that looks like it's going out of bounds. Somehow it was in bounds. And somehow Metcalf went up and beat two guys for it. But he got by Bradbury first. And it's like, you know, you just look around. You're like, holy shit, the Eagles have led this entire game. And now Drew Locke, nah, nah Drew Locke's not going to pull this off. We're inside like 45 seconds. And he just uncorks one, and the rookie out of Ohio State, Jackson Smith in the Jigba, runs right by Bradbury. A fingertip grab, touchdown, and I'm sitting here. Uh, my kids are like, you know, uh, wife went out to like a mom Christmas thing. And I'm sitting here with the kids, and I'm like, you yeah, know, okay, guys, you can get up to the shower after the game. And as soon as that pass connected, I was like, whoa, do your thing, guys. I got to strap in here. The Eagles have timeouts. They got time. And that's when it gets weird. Philadelphia, poise, veterans. Jalen Hurts, not necessarily a veteran, but a pro's pro. He's been in adversity before. I mean, this guy went toe-to-toe with Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts has seen adversity. He was at Alabama, lost his job, two-up, bounced back at Oklahoma, got them to the playoff. Like, He's been through some stuff. And Jalen Hurts, you know they got a great kicker. You're like, oh, they got some timeouts. They got a little bit. It was like 26 seconds left, 28 seconds, something like that. But that's plenty of time in the NFL with your timeouts. And for some reason that I, I, I haven't seen like a legitimate answer, Jalen Hurtson, what I can only express is a panic throw, just chucks one down the sideline, looking for AJ Brown and Julian Love, the former Notre Dame grad, um, who two picks on the night, Julian Love with just an incredible toe tap. I think he was kind of saved on the second foot by his other defender who like hit him, which slowed his foot from flying out of bounds. And both feet are in, and it's like, oh my gosh. Why, first of all, why did Hurts throw that? You're like 15 to 20 yards away from Jake Elliott. Remember, this is the guy who hit like a 60 yarder or 59 yarder, maybe it was 60 uh, a, a couple weeks back uh, against the Bills. He's hit some bombs against Dell. Like, this guy's a great kicker. W- what are you doing? Chucking it way down the field? I don't, I haven't seen an answer that is a good one. And now you've got a Philadelphia Eagles team that is, and I'm using this politely, reeling. We're talking about a 10 and four team. That is leaking oil here late in the season. The defense, which looked good under Matt Patricia for 59, 50, sorry, 58 minutes, and then when it matters, can't stop Drew Locke? I mean, listen, Mahomes goes down the field, gets you the game-winning touchdown. Hey, it happens. It's Patrick Mahomes. I get it. You know, you want to say, um, I'll, just, I'll throw Justin Herbert out there. He's hurt. Let's get throw the guy a bone, and Rob G will hate it. Hey, Justin Herbert goes down the field. Okay, you lost to a stud quarterback. You know, Joe Burrow pulls that off. Okay, I get it. We're talking about Drew Locke. Now, I, uh, I got to be honest. I missed the beginning of this game. I was out getting Christmas presents. No, I did not go into a mall. I did the whole thing where you go to the store and they bring it out to you. Um, and then I had to pick up dinner. So I'm kind of watching it on my phone and I'm getting texts. So I'm not totally locked in. And maybe Rob can help me explain this. I saw Geno Smith was active for the game. But then he wasn't out during warm-ups. And then Drew Locke trots onto the field like, I'm, I'm just perplexed. I don't even know why Drew Locke was out there. That is Pete Carroll's guy. And Rob, I'm just the whole thing bewildered me from the Drew Locke start to the Eagles meltdown to the Jalen Hurts idiotic throw, and, and now the Eagles are looking at worst case scenario a road game in the opening round. They should be fine against Tampa or whoever wins that awful division. And but, but I I think they're out of the mix for home field advantage. It's San Fran's in the NFC, and I mean you got smoked at home by San Fran. I I don't know, man. The Eagles are leaking oil badly here, Rob.
4: Yeah, and you know what's funny is, if you flashback three weeks ago yesterday, Jalen Hurts had just engineered yet another fourth-quarter comeback win for the Eagles, that one coming against the Buffalo Bills, right? And just think about where we are today, how Eagles fans are feeling, juxtaposed with how Bills fans are feeling after what happened on Sunday and Monday here this week. Jalen Hurts, I don't know what's happened with him because it can't be simply as sim- it can't be as simple as oh he's just not feeling well, right? Because they said it was the knee, and then he's kind of sick this week, and that's why he may or may not play. Well, he flew you, separately you, from the team, you, you know? but like, I think he was sick. That's fine, but you don't go from winning eight straight games when trailing by ten or more points, having a one hundred and thirty-eight point six passer rating when trailing in the second half and overtime engineering multiple 10-plus-point second-half deficits and getting these wins to what we've seen in the last three weeks. Last three weeks, one touchdown, two picks. The last two weeks, he's failed to eclipse 200 yards passing. As a team, the Eagles' offense during this three-game losing streak has not scored more than 19 points at any one of these games. So I don't know what's changed for them. I don't know if teams are catching up to them. Maybe Nick Bosa had it right when he said that we figured Jalen Hurts out. Because ever since that game, he has not looked like MVP caliber Jalen Hurts. He hasn't even looked like top 10 level quarterback Jalen Hurts in these last three weeks.
0: Choose from the full line of Michelin tires, ship fast and free to you, or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be
1: No more preseason
3: games. The regular season is here. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on GameTime, the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. For last minute, amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football teams this September, download Game Time, And it's not just football. GameTime has tickets to baseball games, concerts, and comedy shows across the country. Download the GameTime app and redeem code JMAC for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code JMAC. That's J-M-A-C for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
4: There's something going on in Philadelphia. And even though I just went on that rant, saying, hey, what's up with Jalen Hurst? He's not playing well. He obviously lost himself the MVP, you know, last night with that performance. I don't know if there's any realistic way, anything he can do with the next two games that's going to put him back in the conversation after the few weeks he's had. But I- I- I'm looking now at Nick Sirianni because Here we go. the reason why entering the season, I picked the Dallas Cowboys to win that division, not the Eagles, even though I thought the Eagles were the better team, was because they would have two new coordinators – And it would take them a while to kind of get adjusted to that grouping. I was wrong on that because they got off to an incredibly hot start. And what I did not expect was for them to falter down the stretch. I thought there'd be an adjustment period and then they would kind of get stronger and stronger as the season went on. They'd build and build and build. It's been the opposite. They started off better than they're finishing here. And Nick Sirianni is one of the few coaches in today's NFL who does not coach the offense or the defense. As far as I know, I think Mike Tomlin might be the only one off the top of my head. He made may someone do research and, and send me a tweet about it or something like that. But most coaches call their side of the ball. Bill Belichick calls the Patriots defense. Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan call their offenses. Nick Sirianni does neither. He's heavily reliant on the coordinators. Both of his guys leave. They become head coaches elsewhere. He replaces them, and the offense is kind of similar to last season. The only difference is they're not, you know, executing as high of a clip. The defense is where it's interesting because the big story coming into last night's game was that Sean DeSai was going to be still the defensive coordinator, except he wasn't going to be calling defensive plays. Which I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, that's be like, hey, you know, uh, Jason, you're still going to have the Straight Fire podcast, but Rob's going to host it from now on. But it's okay. still your podcast. That like, doesn't make any sense. So you got the pencil, Matt Patricia, who, again, has a pencil with a laminated play sheet, which makes zero sense to anybody. Someone's got to point it out to him at the press conference here later this morning. And the only thing that can beat you in that situation, you're up four, they got to drive 92 yards, no timeouts, is something deep. And you mentioned the first DK Metcalf catch where the safety's a little bit late rotating over and it leads to a phenomenal grab and and the, him almost getting out of bounds. And, and so that was a great play. But the touchdown grab, they showed multiple angles of the replay on the broadcast. Why is your free safety dropping down at any point in that situation? Even if you give up the 10, 15-yard cross over yeah. the middle and blah, 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 blah. Fine. Worst case scenario, you go to overtime. There should be no reason whatsoever why any cornerback should be left on an island one on one and available to get beaten over the top when that's all that can beat you. So that's a roundabout way of saying Nick Sirianni needs to get his house in order. Cause what what the coordinators and the people he has in place right now are not doing a good enough job, and that's reflective on him because he is one of those CEO head coaches and, and he just gotta wear this one.
3: Those are good jobs if you can get them, right? You're the CEO. You're, anything goes wrong with the offense or defense, well, you, you just fire that guy and you replace him. Right? You, know, you don't take a, No, no, no blame. Um, I, one thing you, one thing you pointed out that kind of, I, I, started digging around and you're like, you know, they were winning all these close games and delivering in the fourth quarter and the comebacks, and so I started looking. Remember in last year the Vikings were like 11 and 0 in one score games, and we we're like, there's no way that'll happen. Regression, and of course, regression hit in the playoffs, and then earlier this year. Eagles, before this three game losing streak, unbelievably, seven and one in one score games. You know, they beat New England and they beat Minnesota. They had to hold on after they got a big lead. They beat Washington in a close one that they lost to my Jets, which was perplexing a lot of turnovers. And then another close one against Washington, close one against Dallas, close one against KC, close one against Buffalo. Rob, those last three were all go either way games. All of them. You could argue Dallas dominated so big in the fourth quarter in Philly, they should have won that game. I think they got stopped twice inside the like the 30-yard line in the fourth quarter. And Kansas City, we know, had two red zone turnovers. That's the only reason they lost that game, including the MVS drop uh, touchdown pass there in the final minute or two minutes. And then against Buffalo, like multiple times, the Bills had that game won, and it takes the Jake Elliott bomb from, you know, from basically hit it from Trenton. and the Eagles survive. So that's like three, could have been, they could have a six-game losing streak right now when you look at this close game stuff. And obviously they got blasted by Dallas and San Fran, but another close game, and they lose it. And you start to wonder, like, I didn't even realize, you, you were right, Hurts, 200 yards passing, hasn't even hit that mark in the last two games. Now, I did look at the rushing numbers. Did you see his rushing numbers? Jalen Hurts, essentially, they put the game on his back and said, Jalen When we need to win, you need to run. I know you're ill. I know you're physically beat up the knee. I don't know if it's 100%. Nobody's 100% this late in the season. Hurts led the team in carries. I'm sorry, did not lead the team in carries. Led the team in yards, 13 for 82. And then you look at his season numbers, and in close games where they need to salt them away, it's Jalen Hurts rushing. His season high for carries, 15. Against the Rams, you guys remember that game. Fourth, they did like the brotherly shove three or four times uh, in the fourth quarter. It was an awesome performance by Hertz, And they want him running more, but then you're putting your QB in harm's way. Uh, listen, you never want to say that teams have solved the Eagles. When you lose an OC and a DC, that's a lot of change. And clearly, the Eagles offensive coordinator is like working into the new gig. Because as, as Rob alluded to, last three games in the losses, One touchdown, and it was in, I think, was that in garbage time against the 49ers? I don't remember their first score. But he had one touchdown and two picks. And he hasn't been great this year uh, against good defenses. And it's not like Seattle's defense is any good. But they decided to keep it on the ground with Hurts. 13 carries, 83 yards. And then ultimately, like, couldn't get the job done, which is scary. Now, the good news, I know Eagles fans are all panicking today. Listen, it's fine. You get the Giants and DeVito twice. I'm guessing those are going to be okay games. One of them might be Tyrod Taylor, because DeVito kind of got banged up against the Saints. But my gut tells me they'll be fine in the two games against the Giants, and I don't know if the Cardinals are going to go to Philly and throw a scare into them. That'll be uh, back-to-back cold-weather games for Arizona. This week they have uh, Chicago, and then they have to go to Philly. So I think they'll be fine in the final three games. But Rob... Even at 3-0, oh, that still at best gets them the number two seed. And frankly, I don't think they're scaring anyone. And this is good. this is where it gets interesting. Rob, what if the LA Rams get the seventh seed? And the LA, now they'll probably be the six ahead of Seattle, which the Rams swept. But if they have to face the Rams, and that offense, like Stafford can drop back 45 times, and frankly, Rob, I think you've got to think that they're going to be in deep trouble. Now, the Rams' defense is, remains a little sus, although it's shown well at times. I think that's going to be it. That's going to be almost a coin flip game with Stafford and those receiving options if they're healthy. And now you say, like, oh, well, they could beat Seattle. Well, really? They yeah. went to Seattle, they led for most of the game, and then choked it away at the end. Like, I don't know that that's a layup. The Seattle's offensive game, and this is with the backup quarterback, by the way. So I, I don't know, Rob. I I was trying not to be reactionary to the Eagles' concerns uh, coming into this game. I thought they would get the win by three. I, I kind of think I said whoever has the ball last probably wins it, but man, I, I'm still a little stunned in the way they lost it. You know, like, th- th- you got to be nervous if you're Philly.
4: Yeah, I mean, especially the first and foremost, you worried about the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, because you're only going to go as far as he can take them offensively. Um, as good as that offensive line is, you know, DeAndre Swift has shown throughout the course of the season that that early you know surge that he had was not really indicative of who he is as a running back. There's a reason why the Detroit Lions moved off him the way they did that quickly. Right? He he's, he's good but he's nothing special. And you know, hopefully I'm not offending any uh, DeAndre Swift truthers out there. But I think he's, good. I but, think he's pretty good. But he's not, you know, an upper he's echelon. Not Christian McCaffrey. Right. He's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not is,
3: You think he, you think he would be top 10 back?
4: No. No. I think that the, I think that there's any number of guys that could duplicate what he's doing or has done in Philadelphia. So, okay. you know, Jalen Hurts is, is, is the driving force on that offense, both as a runner and as a passer. And if he is not playing at a, I'm not going to say MVP level, but a pro bowl, you know, caliber level, I don't think they can score enough to match up with that defense. That defense is going to be a sieve most of the time that they play somebody because – for that team, I know they performed well yesterday, but they were going against a backup quarterback and it's an offense that's yeah. not very good, right? And you still found a way to lose that game. So you got to get Jalen Hurts back to a whatever, 80, 90% of whatever he was or what he can be because not only, it's one thing to perform poorly on on the box score, which is what's been happening the last three weeks, but you brought it up right at the beginning. That final drive, where all you need is a field goal. They have three timeouts. They're at the 40 or so yard line with two more timeouts to go. And inexplicably throws a 40-yard bomb into double coverage. Yeah. Like, you can't have that. He He's played too much high-level football to make that decision. Like, that's something you just can't have. So they got to get him right first and foremost. And to your point about the playoff picture... Obviously, if Philadelphia and Dallas have the same record, Philadelphia's going to get the two, and, and Dallas is going to end up getting the five. I know you'd ever want to play this game, but wouldn't it be amazing? Or wouldn't it actually be better if you're an Eagles fan? Wouldn't you rather face the NFC South winner than whoever gets that seven seed? Just hypothetically, wouldn't you rather face Tampa or New Orleans hmm. on the road?
3: So, so, so uh, than, than, I don't than, think Tampa has a home field advantage, right? Right. Than, New than, Orleans
4: could, but... I don't think they do. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they haven't played like a team that you would really be concerned about. Like, wouldn't you rather face Minnesota or the Rams or even Seattle?
3: I I I mean, excuse
4: me, you would rather face the NFC South team than either one of those teams?
3: I think the Rams are super dangerous. Who was the other one, Minnesota? Minnesota. Mullins. Uh,
4: By the way, who are they playing this week? Oh, I have to look that up. But just is some, it Rams? T.J. Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson against that secondary.
3: Yeah, no, they're going to eat. Uh, well, listen, Mike Evans and Godwin against. That secondary. <laughs> but I think I think the Eagles have dominated Tampa the last two years, right? Or yes, I think it's two and zero or three and zero, and um, yeah, huh? I don't know, man. Eagles like obviously you don't want you anymore.
4: don't want to lose on purpose. I'm just saying that if somehow yeah, they they, they've yeah, fl- yeah. they floundered there, yeah, I think you'd rather face one of those teams than probably, the Rams,
0: yeah, probably. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires, ship fast and free to you, or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be.
1: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
3: The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Fire. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code Fire only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. Let me quickly pivot. And, you know, obviously, that's the big story in sports today. But I do want to ask about this. This situation uh, with the banner in L.A. So, again, I know NFL Monday Night Football is a big story, but... I know we got a lot of Lakers fans listening to this. So the Lakers decided we're going to hang a banner for the in-season tournament. I'm sure the league nudged them. Hey, it would be cool if you guys did this. It would set the precedent, and then everyone else that followed would hang a banner. You know, you know the Indiana Pacers would have hung a banner if they had beat the Lakers. That's faux show. Sure. So the Lakers when They've got a billion banners in Crypto.com, and. They're hanging the banner, and there's, of course, a million videos. The media members are putting it out. Here's the banner being hung, and all these people, jabronis chiming in. Oh, that's so dumb. That's so idiot. That's so weak. Michael Jordan would never do that. All this asinine shit. Um, And then I see um, Ron Harper, as Rob likes to say, former Laker, uh, (laughs) Ron Harper. uh, Listen, Ron Harper, when he was with the Cavs, was a nice player. Ron Harper with the Bulls was a really, really good role player in his time ron harper put out some crap that just you know as a former laker you're a little surprised but remember chiefly he played in michael jordan's era on michael jordan's team he's got to gas up his guy jordan and the era he played in all these guys are defending their era the young guys they all think jordan's the best Most of the modern players, have you heard Anthony Davis recently say, oh, come on, I could take Jordan one-on-one or whatever he said. Jordan couldn't guard me. That's what you're going to get from the young guys. The old heads obviously are going to defend Michael Jordan's era. So I'll just read you quickly what Ron Harper wrote. And this is his tweet. Embarrassing to all those NBA Finals championship banners. Wow. Thanks for the insightful um, tweet, Ron. So I wrote, I'd expect nothing less from one of the guys on the Bulls in the 90s when the Bulls dominated the watered down expansion era. And as this is what happens when I, you know, put out a little dig there, it's like the Joe Rogan strategy. I just drop a little grenade and then I back away gently. Um, all these people. Oh, Rod Harper's a title of his opinion. He played. He knows. I'm like, what do you mean? He, what do you, He knows banners? Well, c- stop. And that's the new thing online, Rob. I don't know how much you've seen this, but I think it started with the Cam thing. It was like, he's entitled to his opinion. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. And you know what? You want to put it out there? You open yourself up. Get ready. It's full-on combat battling on social media. You want to step in the ring? You want to climb in the ring? Get ready. People are coming for your head. And it's fun. We all have fun with it. Not everybody uh, hits 100%. I mean, I rarely miss. uh, You know, occasionally I will. But it happens. Um, I'll defend this forever. I got no problem with the banner, Rob. Who cares? It's an in-season championship. They had to win seven games. They you had to get out of group play, and then I think it was three in single elimination to get to the finals and win it. Like, it's not an easy task. If it were easy, anybody would have done it. Right? Why didn't the Bucks do it? Why didn't the Celtics do it? Hell, I don't even know if they... Did the Nuggets even get out of pool play, Rob? Like, I don't know. Like, stop with this... It doesn't mean anything. This is the, you know, who's saying that guys that want to devalue a, the regular season. Nobody was watching. Nobody cares. I I, I get it. You clearly were watching. Otherwise you wouldn't be putting this out there. And then B, Oh, uh, nobody's trying. Uh, Nobody's playing defense. It's the NBA in December. Nobody, nobody's trying like, just shut up. Like go away. We, we get it. You don't like the NBA. You're just out here trolling to like get people all fired up. I have a rule. If you don't follow me, I'm not replying to you. I just don't care who you are. I don't care what you said about me or my mom or my wife or my kid. I don't care. You're irrelevant to me, dude. Sorry. But Rob, when I see all this anti-banner stuff, now you're a Laker guy. You've witnessed banners being hung. You're a huge Laker head. You crown future Lakers.
4: Please tell me you don't have an issue with the banner. Jason, if we were in person right now, I would fight you. Oh, my I could gosh. not disagree with you more on any topic that we have ever discussed in the three plus years of doing this podcast. OK, oh my goodness. I don't know if you remember this, but Kobe Bryant did an interview with Jalen Rose years ago. And it was it's an interview that they've replayed over and over anytime the Lakers have made a playoff run since his passing. Here's the quote. Second place does not matter. Second place means that you're the first loser. You have that mentality here. This is what gets it here. This franchise is not about hanging division banners. It does not hang conference championships. We hang one banner, one banner only. That is the NBA title. If this was the Utah Hold on, Jazz, wait, wait, right, Rob.
3: Did they, was the in-season tournament even did not exist. glean in no. Adam Silver's eye? No. So, like, I, ugh, come
4: on. If, okay. if this was the Utah Jazz, if this was the Orlando Magic, if this was the Indiana Pacers, sure, hang the in-season banner. Hang it below the scoreboard so every time someone looked to see how many timeouts they had, they had to be reminded, Indiana Pacers, 2023, in-season tournament champs. But this is the Lakers. Their standards are so much higher than almost anybody in sports outside of the Yankees and the Boston Celtics. There is no reason whatsoever that they should hang an in-season tournament banner next to, beneath, beside, on the same wall as the NBA championship. Where they placed it is directly to the left of the Los Angeles Lakers championship banners and underneath all the Minneapolis Lakers championship banners. If you want to honor it, sure. Practice facility had that banner in there. Display the cup somewhere in Jeannie Buss' office so Jay Moore can see it when he goes to visit her on his lunch break. Sure. I do not need to see the in-season tournament banner at Staples Center. I'm not going to call it crypto. At Staples Center. No, don't need to have it.
3: So, did did you not watch the
4: in-season tournament? Of course I did. Okay.
3: Was it not quasi-riveting television?
4: Yes, it was. Okay.
3: So... Why? Why are we so against newness? You are a young guy. You love all the new mediums. You're dominating podcasting, which is I mean, did not exist as a job 15 years ago. Okay, now it's like a big business, a billion dollar industry, probably. Like, the world changes. Like, leagues adapt. So, what if they have an in-season tournament? It was pretty damn cool. The courts were like, wow, that's kind of snazzy. What's happening here? It's like a talking point. I thought it was interesting. I'm sure, if this podcast still exists, like six years from now, when say LeBron's got three in season titles, <laughs> right? Right. And and, and and it's like a thing. People are gunning for it because they've raised the pot from five hundred thousand to I don't know one point five million. Um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. But now because it's new, people are against it. I, I want to remind you. Do you remember? Have you heard of that tournament, the TBT, the Basketball Tournament? Yes, right? I have. Okay. Initially, when I heard about it, I was like, this is, wow, this is wild. It's not really serious. I should get a team and put in, you know, this was like six years ago. Of course, I didn't get a team and it wouldn't have mattered because now it's huge and massive and they use it as like almost a lab to tinker with stuff. They added that ending, the Elam ending, and they incorporated that to the NBA All-Star game because it was so cool. The now the t- TBT the tournament like colleges get stacked teams and go in there and it's helped rejuvenated careers of guys. It's gotten dudes who maybe maxed out at college more shine because we forgot about it after March Madness. Like the TBT has had pretty cool impact. We what are we five six seven years in? It's it's kind of neat. Um, I think the NBA All Star Game went from changing. I think it was just. You know, East versus West. To let's tinker with a draft. Let's tinker with U.S. versus international. Like they're throwing everything up against the wall. Like I like change and new, and I've got like no problem at all. I, I, it's weird to me that
4: you are are so anti this. I'm only against it because it's the Lakers. That would be the equivalent of like Duke or Kentucky hanging up the Maui Invitational banner in their home arena. Did they try to win it? Of course. Did it mean something to them to win it when they're competing in high-level competition? Absolutely. But when you're one of these blue blood type sports franchises where you're measured not in conference championships, not in regular season tournament championships, when you're measured in end of the season, who's the last man standing type championships, you do not drop yourself and humble yourself down to the level of the also-rans. You have to carry yourself wow. as if you're better than everyone else because you are better than everybody else. If this was the Clippers, they could have a parade down Figueroa over winning the end-season tournament because they never want oh. shit in their franchise history. The Lakers have too many rings and too much hardware to be hanging an end-season tournament champion. Shout-out to Ron Harper.
3: Man, that is that's rough. Um I okay, so the comp with the Maui classic is a little rough because not all of college hoops is in it it's just a handful of teams, good teams usually the NBA in season had everybody. I'm trying to this in season was born out of something that happened in Europe. I think it's the FA Cup am I right? Is that what it is or is it the Eurofa wasn't it based uh, off
4: of the soccer um
3: Is it the UEFA Cup?
4: I think so. Yeah.
3: There was some like, well, that's a problem, but the FA Cup is super old and now my soccer guys who listen are going to be like, Jay, how the hell do you not know that that's embarrassing? (laughs) Bottom line, that they stole this idea from Europe because it was huge and it worked and it generated interest and got everybody involved and excited and they're kind of taking a page out of their book and I don't know. All right, Rob, it's fine. We could disagree on some stuff. That's fine. fine. Um, We'll be friends after this. uh, Probably, yeah, probably. Um, By the way, do we need do we need to spend any time at all on James Harden going off for twenty one points in the fourth and the Clippers winning eight straight games and now making a run in the West? Because oh, uh, one of us here said the Clippers were going to be fine and they're going to make a run and they're the most dangerous team in the West. (laughs) I forgot. I forgot which one of us said it. Forgot who said it too. Yeah. uh, Listen, man. I'm just smart teams figure shit out. Um, Harden was cooked. Did you see him go off against the Pacers? Like some of the highlights are like, geez, he was in the zone. I've been in the zone once like that playing hoops, I mean more than once. But uh, it's a it's an awesome feeling. It really is. Obviously, James Harden uh, like doing snow angels after hitting his fourth straight three or something is next level. Um, but there there's a vibe around the Clippers that I, if they stay healthy, which is the biggest if on the planet, and that's the reason not to get excited. If they stay healthy, man, you you know this. Like watch out, Kawhi back to all NBA levels. I don't even like the Clippers, but I'm just saying they look every time I turn them on. It's like damn, you got some dudes. Um, any Clippers thoughts, Robert?
4: Just- hey, look, they're playing great. If Kawhi is planning on playing every game, then they are absolutely dangerous. The problem is, <laughs> yeah. is I don't know when he's going to start load managing. It's coming eventually, but so far, as far as I know, he's played
2: every game this season. It's early. Yeah.
3: you yeah. should, anyways. All right, uh, that's all for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.